You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to Episode 74, Three Ways to Measure a Healthy Youth Ministry. Well, there are several ways that we can measure how healthy a youth ministry is. Before I list the three ways that I chose, I do want to mention that I realize whenever we read articles about how to make sure our ministry is healthy, that when we're looking at that, we might have anxiety that our ministry is not healthy. Um, We're worried about the expectations of our leadership. We're worried that we're not good enough any of those things. So before we actually go through the three elements that I'm choosing to talk about of how to measure a healthy youth ministry, uh, one thing that's very important to clarify is your leadership's expectation and definition of what a healthy ministry looks like. If it's you have to have a certain amount of kids every week, you have to have a certain amount of salvation decisions made, uh, in a certain time frame, I'm going to tell you right now, especially that latter one, it's probably not a good situation. Um, you can't control how kids act or what they believe or what they choose to do. Now, there's going to be several factors that cause those numbers and figures to vary. Now, if the health of your youth group is more looking at the heart of the students and how everything functions, which is sort of what I'm going to talk about, uh, I think that's better. But to ease your own anxiety, please make sure and talk with your leadership. Make sure you all have the same understanding of what a healthy ministry looks like, because that's very important for good communication and expectation of what the ministry looks like and the vision of it. All right, so uh, these three <clears throat> points are not uh, comprehensive, um, but uh, they're just three that I'm choosing to talk about. There are more, but here's three of them. The first one is, ask yourself what your ministry would look like if you weren't there. Now, this is an indicator that I think many of us have heard a lot And it's a powerful metric, but it needs to be understood in the proper context. Regardless of how healthy and smooth your ministry is, if you are the youth pastor or if you're a primary plugged-in youth worker, you being absent will have an effect. Even if your youth ministry is super healthy, it's going to have an effect. Now, that's not meant to say, oh, look how awesome I am and pat yourself on the back or to think, oh my gosh, if I'm not there, everything's going to fall apart. I'm just saying that if you're plugged in and leading your group um, well, then they're going to notice when you're gone. That's a good thing. It's a normal thing. But what this factor of you not being there allows you to measure is how well you have trained and delegated and empowered your leaders and your students to function within the mission and vision of the ministry that you have, 
um, and is at the church, instead of simply following your instructions or making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing because you're watching them. Uh, More importantly, your hope should be that as your leaders and students grow more and learn to depend more on Christ, that they would become supportive of one another and seek discernment from the Spirit and think about how should we be acting, growing, discipling each other, uh, presenting our witness when we're out doing an event together, and all of those things. And for your leaders specifically, it lets them build their leadership skills. Uh, Think of it as an extended workshop exercise for your leaders and a controlled pre-launch of your students before they actually launch uh, into college or career and things like that. Uh, The second way that you can measure if your youth ministry is healthy is to identify your core while you think about how a visitor would experience your ministry. It's kind of a two-pronged thing. Uh, Whether you're in a new ministry or there's been significant turnover due to leaders who are changing out or a big class that graduated and new students are coming in, it's always good to have a sense of who compromises the core of your ministry. Um, You should make sure the core is healthy, and that could be a whole nother podcast episode to measure that. Uh, But you want to make sure your core is healthy because it'll give you a better grasp on what students will experience if they're visitors or guests and they come in for the first time. Even if they're not visitors um, or guests and they've been there for a while, you want to make sure that your ministry space and events and content, all of that is welcoming, not intimidating or threatening uh, when kids come in. Uh, What do they see and hear their first 10 seconds in the room? Uh, Does anyone greet them? Are they immediately forced to hop into a group of people they don't know and start talking about themselves? Or do they have space to kind of hang out in the back and then engage as they want to? Uh, There are several things to consider for making sure your ministry is a prime spot to welcome others, invite them in, and that the core of your group is making sure that their heads are on a swivel, that they're looking for people who are new, and making sure to include them well. Um, For leaders to be able to do that, not only with students, but other leaders. Maybe it's a first-year leader, and they're a little green, and having a leader who's a veteran to be able to walk alongside them and make sure they know the feel of how everything's going to go, and uh, what the event and what the programming looks like. Those are all very important things to make sure your ministry is flowing in a healthy way. The final one I'm going to talk about is a balance. And it's an interesting uh, balance to bring up because I think if you gathered a whole bunch of youth workers um, in a room and said, how much should you focus on evangelism And how much would you focus on discipleship? I think a lot of them would say, well, the answer is pretty obvious. I think it's pretty simple to answer that. But then several of them would give different answers. Uh, Whether you focus on the Sermon on the Mount and the Upper Room Discourse in John, uh, Matthew 28 and Acts 1, 
or the pastoral epistles, it's clear that the capital C church, and therefore the little C church, your local church ministry, needs to highly value both evangelism and discipleship. Uh, If you emphasize evangelism, you're going to play the trump card of, well, it's salvation. Uh, It's the most important thing. And yes, salvation in Christ is what we're aiming for, regardless of what ministry you're working in. And that's good. And you should have outreach events and you should make sure you're taking uh, the time to notice people who um, are new or talk to people who've been there for a while but aren't really plugged in or engaged. And like, you know what? I'm going to approach them as they don't know that they really need Jesus exclusively and only him for salvation. At the same time, we can't downplay discipleship. I know that different seasons within a ministry say, hey, you know what? We really need to focus on outreach events here. And hey, we really need to focus on making sure the students who are here are discipled and growing in their faith. And I understand that, but that always needs to be a balance. This ties back to the first point of um, that I made of making sure your expectations with your leadership is clear. Uh, if their expectations are it needs to be an evangelism-heavy group, uh, you need to help them see that discipleship is just as important because at a summer camp or a Wednesday night or a Sunday night or Sunday morning, uh, you could have a throng of new decisions made for salvation, which is great. But if those students aren't immediately able to plug in to an atmosphere, a small group, a ministry that disciples them well, helps them grow, and they go on to not be connected and think, well, that was just an emotional high, or that was just when I was a kid and it was fun to be part of a group, but that decision didn't mean anything. How does that edify the body of Christ? It really doesn't. And so you need to have good focus and balance on both of those things. I've even seen youth leaders who thought that they had done everything and committed everything and at a camp or Sunday night event realize, you know what, I don't think I've made this commitment to follow Jesus and only him. And everyone else, including themselves, are surprised that they're like, you know what, I need to do this now. And it's a great thing to do. And really good discipleship, as well as the focus on evangelism, can do that. So it's good to have both. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thanks again for joining me. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And make sure to also subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can listen to all of our past episodes, catch a comprehensive list of our guests, look at some articles I've published, find some organizations to help your ministry, and a store for merchandise and more at our website, youthministrymaverick.com. Also, if you leave us a review, not just a rating, but a review on Apple Podcasts, send me a screenshot of it and I'll send you a thank you card with some merchandise you can't buy on the store. Well, thanks again for listening. Until next time, adios. Adios.